0: This I Work for Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit PTL.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. PTL.org. Hey, thanks for tuning into I Work for Him this afternoon as we broadcast to you from Littleton, Colorado, courtesy of Marketplace Chaplains mchapusa.com, mchapusa.com. We're going to talk lots about chaplaincy today. But boy, if you've been thinking about, you know, what do you do in phase two of life when you've been, when you're thinking about retirement, which by the way, is not biblical. You don't get to retire. There's no such thing as checking out according to Christianity. There is a desperate need for men and women to join the Chaplaincy Corps here at Marketplace Chaplain. Check them out online, Marketplace Chaplains, online, mchapusa.com, mchapusa.com. Martha, before we get to Jeff Reinhardt and the guests he's brought for us today, why don't you tell people how to, a great way to connect with us on a weekly basis.
1: Well, you know, Jim, one of the things that we um, provide for our listeners is a weekly blog, and it's just a way for you. Often, you're the author. Once in a while, we have uh, guest authors, but you're the author telling people what got God's working on in your life, what um, you've learned from some of our guests that we've had on, what's happening in the workplace, um, just some truth that uh, you're sharing with uh, the people that subscribe to our blog. So they can go to our website, IWorkForHim.com. There's a blog tab. They can go there and subscribe. They also get with that blog the last five shows that were produced. So they get the link to listen to the podcast. They get a picture. They get the name of the guests as well as either their business or their ministry or their business-tree, whatever it might be, and um, so that they can learn more about them if they want to follow it up to the next level and share that with other people as well. So they can sign up for our blog, and that way they just stay a little more connected to us on a weekly basis. And that's
0: IWorkForim.com. I Work the number for him.com. As I said, we've been partnering with Marketplace Chaplains, recording a bunch of shows here in Littleton, Colorado. Jeff Reinhardt's worked really hard. He's the Executive Director of Operations for Marketplace Chaplains. Jeff, great job arranging all these interviews.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been fun.
0: It's been a lot of fun. Talk to us. You know, one of the things that we, we mentioned on a previous show, you've got a need for more chaplains.
2: We do. Talk, we talk do. to the
0: people listening today about why they should consider becoming a chaplain.
2: It is the best part-time job in the world. Uh, we are able to communicate with folks. We are able to share with them their confidentialities uh, of life, and we don 't share those with anybody else. We get to build relationships and the relationships that one on one face to face back and forth opportunity just to share with that employee uh, and as chaplains, the first thing I do when I interview folks make sure they have two ears in one mouth <laughs> i want to be I want chaplains who can listen. And they don't need to share everything. They need to listen to everything.
0: And when you're interviewing somebody, that's pretty easy to pick out. It is. If you're talking to somebody and you see them talking all the time to you and you're like, yeah, they're probably not a very good candidate. Yep. So he's looking at me today going,
2: Jim, not sure you're a very good candidate. <laughs> but Martha, on the other hand, would be awesome. Exactly. So, yeah. You
1: could recruit me, but he wouldn't be very happy about that. But we did talk about the need for more female chaplains. Exactly. So let's talk about that just for a moment. Why is that such a, a huge need? Why? What sets you apart? You guys actually need males and females.
2: We do. And the the nice thing about our team concept is we operate male-female Uh, Females deal with uh, and talk to the female employees, males to the male employees. And we keep that separation very intentional. The uh, plethora of uh, male uh, chaplain opportunities is there. We can find guys. Um, Females, it's a little more uh, difficult. Um, So uh, one of our chaplains was here a little uh, earlier last time on a a podcast, and Chaplain Stacy just... Really hammers at home that we need female chaplains. And she has a passion for what we do and to be able to be in a business and share.
1: Well, really, what you guys are doing is empowering women to use their spiritual gifts that God's given them, relational gifts their listening gifts, and just love and care, their empathy. And so really, you're empowering women in a way that maybe they have not felt like that was even a title that they could wear. And so we just are hoping that our listeners are hearing that and might be a little bit excited and encouraged to step out in that if that's something that God is really calling them to do. And if
2: they have that interest, they can go to MarketplaceMinistries.com, go to the Connect tab. Uh, contact us and go down to available positions and fill out the opportunity uh, application.
0: Or you could always email Martha and I off our website, and We can put you in touch with the right people. The big key is you're not talking about just needing
2: women chaplains here in Colorado. This is across the country. Across the country. All right, yeah.
0: Jeff. Why don't you introduce our guests for today?
2: I would love to. Thanks so much. Uh, let me introduce you to Pat Ahern, who is the uh, CEO of Red Rocks Credit Union, our host today. And uh, Pat, thank you so much for allowing us to be here, and uh, allow me to introduce Judah Music, as, who is the Chief Innovation Officer for Red Rocks Credit Union, and uh, uh, a bit of a legend in uh, in our time. And, and uh, so we're going we to talk. Can't wait him to as hear well.
0: about that legend in just a few minutes. So. Pat Ahern and Judah Music, thank you guys for joining us today. Thanks for
3: having us. Yeah, thank you.
0: All right, so Pat, because you're the boss, we'll let you go first.
3: (laughs) How did you become a Jesus follower? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm the uh, benefactor of praying grandparents. Mm. Uh, So in one form or another, I um, uh, have been um, in the arms of Jesus from the very beginning. Uh, Unfortunately, there was a split Uh, When my parents got married, uh, because Catholics and Presbyterians didn't marry back then. Mm. Uh, And that's where the praying grandparents came in. Uh, Over time, uh, I was raised Catholic, never really having a personal relationship with Jesus. And that started to connect for me when I worked for the YMCA for many years. Uh, And in high school and in college, I had the opportunity to be able to uh, develop a relationship uh, with him. Uh, the embers started smoldering, and then when I met my wife and we had children, uh, the flames started uh, at that point, and have been involved for many years. It took ever so you since? Had
0: children for the flames to start with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Not
3: with this one. <laughs> well, that's usually the way that works, but uh, <laughs> in this case, no. That's uh, she. She was a strong believer in Jesus and really uh, challenged me on that.
0: Very, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Judah, music. Talk to us about how you became a Jesus follower.
4: Yeah, so my earliest childhood <coughs> memory is camping on the Big Island of Hawaii in Kona because um, my parents were missionaries at YWAM base in Kona. and um, That's well, literally the somebody first... Somebody has to do it, right? Uh, literally the first <laughs> thing I can remember as a kid was, um, I think I was about four years old and uh, camping trips in uh, on Kona. And so I grew up in a very strong Christian faith um, and had a great childhood, uh, went to High school in Salem, Oregon, so grew up primarily in Salem, Oregon. And I really think my faith became my own uh, in high school as part of Young Life. And so I was very involved with sports, and my soccer coach was uh, one of the primary uh, area directors of Young Life in, in Oregon. And we went out to a um, high school soccer experience at the old Rajneesh camp in eastern Oregon, which was the mega cult back in the 80s that was donated to Young Life. And 100,000 square miles of land was donated, and we were the first team or crew um, outside of the cult to come in and start cleaning it up. And that's where God really started grabbing my heart and, and showing me um, impact type of situation. So that was high school. That was my freshman year in high school that had that experience.
0: Wow. I'm, t- I'm going back to the 100,000 acres of land. That's a lot of land. Yeah, that's a, that's a, It's incredible. All right, so let's talk about faith and work. Pat, you run a credit union, Red Rocks Credit Union. People can find it,
3: and how? I mean, how far is your reach with Red Rocks Credit Union? Well, how far uh, is our reach? Well, uh, technically, we can serve anybody in the country uh, at this point. Um, uh, We started in 1980 uh, serving the employees and family members of Martin Marietta uh, in the southwest part of Denver. Over time, obtained a community charter uh, that was able to serve uh, uh, people who uh, lived, worked, and worshipped in uh, Colorado. And now we have uh, the ability to serve people across the country. That's pretty unusual for a credit union, isn't it? Uh, to... Somewhat. Uh, it's a little more common than what it used to be. So people can check you out online at
0: redrocks.org. Is that, what it, is that your main website, redrocks.org? That is correct. Okay. yes. All right. So I, I just at what point in time in your life, Pat Ahern, did you connect that
3: faith and work thing where you knew that your faith – Should be impacting everything you do here at red rocks yeah i i go back i'm a um uh, i I mentioned uh, the benefactor of praying grandparents Mm -hmm. my grandparents were church planners Uh, i had no idea years later that i would become one as well and uh, so i uh, was involved with the church plant and at that time i was really pressed on my faith and during that time uh, i really started to examine what my impact and calling would be Um, in uh, 2001 there was a confrontation or conflict with my executive team uh, here at the credit union. i uh, been here for 26 years. In fact, 26 years today, I was told. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> as as well. And uh, there was a confrontation. And where the confrontation came from...
0: we got Jeff Reinhardt here from Marketplace Chaplains. Jeff, it's fun to get to meet some of the people that are experiencing Marketplace Chaplains. And we're talking today with the Red Rocks Credit Union guys. And they just recently signed up to bring a chaplain here. How uh, how long does that process take for for you to convince somebody to bring in a chaplain and for that to change their company?
2: Well, it's uh, it can be a long process. It can take anywhere from uh, a year to two years. It can be a short process. Uh, We rely on our marketing team out of Plano, Texas, and they uh, find folks that are interested. Uh, through leads or through uh, other opportunities, uh, organizations that we participate in. And uh, then they, uh, we, we send out the Jeanette Roberts of the world. Mm-hmm. And Jeanette uh, makes the connection and uh, introduces us. And we, we get the opportunity to serve great, great people.
0: Pat, did you get closed by Jeanette Robert?
3: I did. You didn't stand a chance against no, Jeanette I Robert. <laughs> I didn't. I have to admit, I wasn't a tough sell but uh, in this case. But well, hats she, off she to Jeanette great.
0: Robert. We have partnered with her many times across the country. And on location, and just what a phenomenal young lady. Just really, really sharp. So, Pat, you've just made this choice. Well, oh, that's right. That's right. Before we go back, there's okay, a, oh, a cliffhanger.
1: Come on, I blew the cliffhanger deal. <laughs> so 2001, you have some tension with your executive team. What happened next?
3: Well, at that time, as I mentioned, I was involved with the church plan. I was questioning my impact and purpose, and I was considering leaving um, and going into quote full-time ministry. Um, at that time, um, uh, it played out with my team. My team confronted me, and literally uh, came into my office and said. You know, um, we've determined that you're incompetent to run the organization because of your faith. It's an unusual confrontation. Wow! Uh, it uh, itself, I have to admit, leading up to that point, I felt very alone. Um, this was just a God thing, you know, for He and I to be able to work through this, and now it became very public. Um, and public it was, uh, and it needed to be. And it was through expressions of grace during that time where I really felt his peace, was able to work through that. Um, and uh, after working through that conflict uh, it, uh, itself, what I found is that I wasn't alone. There were large people inside of the organization that were believers, that were praying for me, had seen and viewed the conflict in one form or another, uh, and that's when I knew that there was a bigger impact to be had.
0: Wow. I, I, I love that, I love that. So how did God move you from church planting to running a credit union? Yeah, I mean, it's well, a little bit of a twist.
3: <laughs> slightly, I had been with the credit union prior to church planting, okay. so I've been Church planning on this side uh, mm-hmm. is what I had done. So uh, obviously the two worlds in this case came together. Well, really, uh, credit. No, it's credit. Was this a de novo credit union? You just started from scratch. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, all credit unions are uh, by uh, by definition. So yes, uh, you know some members came together, pooled their money. Uh, we're going to hit 40 years of existence um, and and being in business next year. So uh, I've been the CEO here for 26 years. So someone did that prior to me, but I've been here for the majority. Right. of time I love that I love that okay because really you, you're a church plant but this is a church too I mean how many employees do you guys have here Ab- absolutely so this is a marketplace uh, ministry for us and we call and, them those uh, business trees that's right business yeah. trees as, as you guys call them uh, so uh, we currently have about 60 employees is that right Judah mm-hmm um is what we have so uh and we've tried to be able to live that out and i can give examples if you want about how we've done that over time
0: we'll catch those in a little bit judah music you have a reputation in the marketplace for living out your faith in this denver area because people were talking about you don't 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 worry about it i I don't know any bad stuff so talk to us about how did that lord i mean you, you know you grew up on the beaches of kona hawaii which not everybody could say that talk talk to us about how the lord connected your faith and your work
4: So I actually went to college for commercial aviation. I was a pilot and realized um, pretty far into that journey that I was very entrepreneurially driven. And so I I left the airline industry and I I started my first company. And I was back in Portland, Oregon, where I um, grew up. And I was asked by a financial advisor if I would join him and, and help them catalyze a marketplace ministry movement in Portland, Oregon. This was in 2006. And I I did that, and we did a lot of activities around events and uh, conferences and a Christian Chamber of Commerce. And I got in uh, while I was in that time period into technology development and, and software. And um, through a connection actually with Life Church and Uversion out of Oklahoma City, I was put in touch with a development company in the Ukraine, Cherkasy, Ukraine, small little industrial town in the middle of a bunch of sunflower fields. And it really gripped me because the CEO, his name is Dimitri Grisenko, um, founded that company in 2004, and he was having tremendous citywide impact with one company. So it was one CEO transforming the face of a city in Europe, and yet we had about 40 key leaders in Portland at the time working over the course of many years and weren't really seeing that same type of impact. And so mm. um, it was really convicting to me to see like one guy with a stewardship mandate of his company can impact an entire city where if done wrong, right, you can just kind of turn wheels um, with some, some leaders in a different city. So when I moved to Denver, I was really diligent on praying for when is the right timing, um, Lord, to have impact in this city. And it actually didn't come to fruition until 2017 for me. So um, I was building a company in the software space, multiple companies in software and technology for about six years uh, after I moved here but diligently praying about city impact and, and through the marketplace. And so that that's kind of where our stories aligned and when right. we got really intentional with um, God's plan for Denver and, and our city and how that is impacted through business.
1: So let's continue that story then. what is What do you see happening in Denver and what role is God having you play?
4: So what we see happening is business owners, both um, Christian business owners and, quite frankly, secular business owners using their business for a power of good in the community. And um, there's truly a movement that we're, Pat and I, are involved with at a global level of um, businesses that are seeing their human capital as an investable asset. And what that means or looks like is how can we invest in people um, based on what Jesus talked about in the Great Commandment? How can we meet human needs in the community as businesses? in a way that glorifies God. And and the the really powerful thing about it is we're working with cities, we're working with um, secular organizations all over town who are um, kind of waking up to this new style of business uh, around investing in human capital is what the the technical term is. And so we just want to be a vessel and a partner to these businesses. Obviously, be a case study here at Red Rocks. We're very intentional with our own people around this but um, also create the tools and the platforms and the training on how any business owner can look at their people as an investable asset, invest in those. And as a believer, it's extremely powerful because it is very much aligned with the great commandment of loving neighbor at work. Mm-hmm.
1: So you're saying, and then you're actually trying to help people multiply that to do yeah. that in their own organizations? Correct. So, um, is that got a name? What is it called? <laughs> right now, it's
4: very early in our process. We call okay. it employee care. Um, so redrockscares.org is our internal employee kind of care portal. That's dot .com. Dot .com, excuse yes. me. Um, uh, and so employee care is kind of the term that we're using. We're very early stages. We're yeah. working with a number of companies, but we're kind of giving them the freedom to call it what they want, right? And so when we go into a business and we're, we consult with the owners, we help them kind of figure out what their flavor of employee care looks like, and
0: excellent. Well, and there's a yeah. move across the country, and certainly within the body of Christ, to recognize the fact that we need to love our people. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and they need to know that yes. they need to know that they're loved and appreciated. And I mean, there's there's been some phenomenal books on that that case, but there's also some phenomenal organizations dedicated strictly just to teaching leaders to love. And, and but that's for some reason that's revolutionary.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it it is kind of uh, old news in some way, isn't it? I, I think one of the things that we that we talk about is I believe strongly that, you know, regardless, believer or non-believer, everybody was created to be fully known, fully loved, and fully accepted. Amen. Right, and and that applies regardless of context, whether you're in the workplace or outside of that. Uh, that there's more unity and hope around that than the divisiveness that we've come to to know in our own culture.
0: Yes. So in showing your employees that you love them, one of the decisions you guys have made recently is to bring in a chaplain. Yes,
3: absolutely.
0: And you're going to use Marketplace Chaplain, so yes, it, it makes it makes sense. We're making that connection mchapusa.org.com, excuse me. Why a chaplain? Yeah. Why did you why did you guys decide to
3: do that? Well, you know, um so we we've uh, through our faith tried to practice love over the years we like any other employer uh have had to um uh, acknowledge the fact that uh you hire the whole person um that if there's personal tragedy, <laughs> if there's uh, uh, various issues that go on, it comes through the door, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but more so...
0: You don't have one of those filters?
3: <laughs> yeah, at the door. Check, that, check your tragedy and crisis at the door, right? Uh, it never works. I think most mm-hmm. of us understand that yes. uh, in this case. Um, we've had some pretty tragic situations over the years, like many employers, and we've had to walk through uh, those situations with families uh, and employees as we go through it. Uh, and um, quite frankly, we're not well equipped. Uh, there are times at which it's worked out well and there are times at which it has mm-hmm. not and uh, so this is long overdue for us uh, so the opportunity to put together a care program um, and then have marketplace chaplains work through that is perfect timing for us okay. Jeff you, Jeff Reinhart you have uh, brought us here
0: you you made all the connections You, but the, the relationship that you guys are establishing now with Red Rocks Credit Union is slightly different
2: it is different. We, uh, As Jude had mentioned, that, uh, their program is called Red Rocks Cares, and we are uh, entering into this agreement, uh, coming in and providing uh, care partners in lieu of the nomenclature of chaplains. It fits into their program of Red Rocks Cares. It allows them to have their own care partners in it. Uh, same service, different flavor. Yeah, that's exciting. Just
1: like ice cream. Exactly. We like ice cream with different flavors. That's exactly. right.
0: That's right. Jeff, before you go cuz I know you're going to turn your your headphone over to another local chaplain here in in uh, the Denver, Colorado area. Just put that plug out there for chaplains cuz you guys need more
2: chaplains. We need chaplains. Absolutely. We are uh, just being absolutely blessed and humbled by the number of companies that are coming alongside with us and uh, just expanding their care and love for their employees. So that gives us the opportunity to come in and hire new chaplains. And we are always looking for male and female chaplains. And uh, the opportunity for them to go to mchapusa.com and uh, hit the connect us, uh, connect to us uh, tab, and uh, find out how to apply. Do people got to wait till they're retired to do this? Absolutely not. First I, of all, because retirement is not biblical. It's not okay, in the Bible. Good. Okay, That's all right. right.
0: But so I mean, you 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 brought on a previous show, a stay-at-home mom who's clearly in her early forties at best. I, should, I probably should have said late thirties at <laughs> best. I can't believe you put any one. age okay. out there, Jim. She was clearly young,
2: still got kids at home and is a chaplain. Absolutely, so absolutely. And you got some people who work full-time jobs. We do. And are a chaplain. We do. The joy of what we do is I can. Uh, we can have an assignment of one hour a week for a chaplain or 40 hours a week for chaplains. It just depends on their availability and what they want to share, how many folks they want to have uh, uh, under their uh, guise. And so we work very hard to work with each chaplain, according to their availability for ministry. Excellent.
0: Very cool. We're talking today with Pat Ahern and Judah Music. These guys are from Red Rocks Credit Union, and what a phenomenal opportunity just to hear your corporate story. Judah, because your reputation, I mean, you just have been here like eight months, right, or nine months? Correct. All right. (laughs) You've got a passion for seeing Jesus-led businesses impact community. That's what you saw in Portland. You mentioned Portland, Oregon. Who are some of the people you partnered with there? Because we've done a lot of shows out of Portland, Oregon.
4: So I was on the founding team of the Christian Chamber of Commerce of the Northwest. So okay. James Autry and Stuart Funky. James has been on the show. Yeah, Jim Bassinius and uh, uh, Kevin Palau, Luis Palau. Um, yeah. There was a strong network of, Big. obviously, Just business. Small guys. But, yeah. People barely there. ever
0: heard of them before.
4: <laughs> so
1: That's excellent.
0: That is cool. That's very, very cool. So let's talk about the dream, Pat Ahern, for how you're going to impact the community of Littleton, Colorado. Sure. What do you want? What are you going to do? I mean, how are you going to make a difference? Like, how many customers do you guys have here?
3: Yeah. Well, currently are there we members. Have, I know. Excuse right. Me. Roughly, roughly uh, seventeen thousand. And um, what's the
0: population of Littleton? Oh,
3: uh, I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm sure it's got to be over a hundred thousand. Okay.
0: So. So you got 20%. Sure, uh,
3: as, as, as we go through it. So it uh, may even be larger than that. But, uh, but the dream is just simply this. Roughly 15 years ago, God gave me a, 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 um, uh, a vision around healing and transformation for the city. Um, and Judah uh, came at it from a bit of a different way. And that kind of brought us together. I, I think overall, um, I, I'm driven by uh, bringing shalom to the midst of chaos, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, peace... And for that matter, uh, doing what I can and our part to help bring heaven to earth. What's that look like? Give me some practical though. Yeah. So love, right? Leading with love, right? Leading with passion and purpose in this case, having a strong why that's driven for the right reasons in this case, and then loving people into submission. But you're a credit union. Uh, we I mean, are. How, how do you love out of a credit union? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting. It's a great question. This is what I tell people. It's a very unique place. So we're a 501c14, or we are a cooperative. So we're part of a larger cooperative movement. The unique thing about us is that we have the ability to be able to create and sustain product, revenue, services, those types of things, like a for-profit, but by law for the sole purpose of having the heart impact and cause of a nonprofit that's who we are so uh in this case what our our motive from time to time uh may be uh you know come as a result of struggle but it can never really be questioned and the reason for that is because 100 cents on the dollar of what we do comes back for the purpose of impact whether it's in the community in this case our members our employees So, really, we are here for heart, cause, and purpose. We want to have maximum impact. And it begins with a really strong why for us that represents a journey to heaven on earth.
0: So, does that mean you're involved heavily in the community on uh, civic boards and things like that? Are you getting your name out there in in that
3: way? Yeah. You know, our story is one of impact over multiple decades. Um, And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're relatively known in the community. We're founders of Chambers of Commerce's and some of the largest communities around here. Uh, You know, we've been voted you know, best financial institution and best bank and, and, uh, for that matter, best business in that in the state and and been raised up nationally in the past. We've had a lot of accolades with regard to it. But quite frankly, it's relatively empty. What we're after is impact at this time Mm -hmm. um, more than anything else. And one of the most strategic decisions that our board has made recently um, was this issue of helping make known needs right, in this case, and then being able to teach and facilitate purpose and impact, right, and then give it away. One of the things that we do. Give us an example. Yeah, what we do as businesses, and it happens all the time, is that those of us that are in leadership decide what everybody else should care about, (laughs) right? We choose the cause, we choose the purpose, and we choose the impact. And what happens is by doing that in this case, not only does it potentially disengage some people, but it puts a cap on the impact. Instead, if we can make known needs, if we can make the needs of other people visible, and then connect people to help fulfill those needs, whether it's in their own company or for that matter within the community in this case, then they have an emotional connection. They can find cause, passion, and purpose in this case, and they can multiply the impact. So our job in this case is to be able to help overcome those roadblocks or those barriers. We can do that by, uh, in this case, helping underwrite the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of people. But beyond that, we can facilitate and connect people. And it works uniquely within a cooperative model because of how we can create and sustain product, but then we have to use the profit of that to carry out impact, cause, and purpose. Hopefully that answers. And the question.
0: because you're a nonprofit, yes, uh, that it, it, it's different than all the money's got to go to the shareholders and make them rich. Correct, it's, it's totally yes. different. Judah Music, though, you you you've, you've been involved in community transformation. You've been involved in lots of different things, and you've been an entrepreneur. Yeah. So it was not an easy decision for you to say, "Can I come work for you?" I mean, that's not something an entrepreneur; those words don't usually come out of their mouths.
4: Yeah, exactly. It's a, that was a big decision for me and my wife and my, <laughs> my circles of friends, right, to go. Um, I've been self-employed for over 10 years um, until recently. Um, I think it was the connection I had with the board, with the why statement here at Red Rocks, with Pat. We went on a silent retreat together up in, in the Colorado Sweet. mountains. And by the time we came back, we had a handshake deal that we were going to do this. Um, you went separately together on a silent retreat thing. We carpooled, had a silent retreat, <laughs> <laughs> okay, came yeah. back. Um,
1: Jim's like, you cheated. Yeah. <laughs> somehow somehow the you The silence talked. was at the retreat. <laughs> you
4: talked right. on the way up and back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not in the car. Yeah. yeah. I think what really sold me was the openness of the CEO and the board to actually innovate. And my title is chief innovation officer. But as you already mentioned, what we're doing is, is very, very old and fundamental, not only to our faith, but to the world. Um, So you keep asking about, give me a practical example. Mm -hmm. As an entrepreneur, I'm very big about solving real problems for real people. If you can't do that, you have no business being an entrepreneur. And so when we started this research and and the product development, it was all about what do employees today need? What are their needs? What are their problems? If you were to survey everybody and we had truth serum to give them and they gave us the absolute (laughs) most honest answer, what we found is it would come down to their finances most of the time. Um, the stats that you'll hear all over the country is, you know, your average American can afford a four hundred dollar unplanned expense. Right. They don't have four hundred dollars in the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, your average American. Or the credit union. Or the credit union. Your average American <laughs> has twenty five percent of their take home pay going to high interest consumer debt. Right. And so, how in the world that's the problem that our employees are dealing with? So all we did is we went back to the basics and we said, okay, let's pull out um, good old Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And let's understand how we deploy solutions to our employees' problems up Maslow's hierarchy of survival, right. security, belonging, all the way to purpose. And, and that's how we've architected our, our care program is to come alongside of our employees and solve those problems with them. Um, and we do it through an employee benefit. And that's the really innovative part It's just like we match a 401k for future retirement savings. We said, why would we not match an emergency Day, you know, a a rainy day fund for employees. It's the same thing, but this one is more valuable when we solve it than the thirty years down the road. Why don't we help people get out of debt? Why don't we help people bridge income? And so, those are the types of things practically that we're doing for our employees.
0: Are you teaching? I mean, I mean, we're educating, yeah.
4: Um, And so, we do um, both in-person education as well as online, you know, drip email type of education. We've partnered with Dave Ramsey's uh, Smart Dollar Program to layer in additional uh, education around the steps financially our employees need to be taking. And we as a business are supporting them with incentives, matches, et cetera, as a benefit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a very practical benefit that we just scratched our head and said, hey, why would we match a 401k but not these other more pressing problems that our employees have and what is the impact of doing right. that
0: right and if you can teach them how to stay out of debt once you get them out of debt i mean what a gift you're giving them yeah, whether so they remain right. your employee forever or not yes Man, it's incredible marketplace chaplains mchapusa.com mchapusa.com i promise you you get to ch- get to hear from jay kyle a local chaplain right here in the denver area jay kyle welcome to i work for him thanks it's nice to be here tell us how did you become a jesus follower
5: well uh, i grew up in canada a. And uh, I w- yes. Every time a. you say
0: canon on this show, you have to say A afterwards.
5: Yeah, that's funny. That's really funny.
0: <laughs> no, I grew up in Minnesota. He's, he's cracking huh? up I'm right being now. dead serious, and if you're from Wisconsin, we always call you a cheesehead. It's just part of the deal.
5: That's, that's fun with me. Um, I grew up in an Anglican church, went to church, and uh, didn't really connect. Maybe they told me, but I didn't really connect with the whole idea that God actually cared about me. I just mostly got in trouble and tried to stay out of trouble. Mm. And at 15, my neighbors invited me to church, and I went. And to be really honest, I, I just went because there was girls there and my parents were paying for the pizza. So to be really honest, that's why I went. When I came back, I had actually realized I had a good evening. It was great. I met some people and they were having a retreat in a couple of weeks. So I went out to this retreat and uh, the speaker was talking every night. And so most times I wasn't listening in the second or third day of playing softball. And I could never catch the ball he hit. He hit the ball so hard and so far, I go, Okay, sports is my life. So now the speaker actually can play sports, so I'm gonna start listening. Uh And the last session he talked about the world has basically two forces, is God and Satan, and that one is active and one is passive. And if he drew a basketball court on the on the whiteboard and I went, Okay, I know what a basketball court is, I play basketball. And he said, if you've not asked God to be on his team, to join his team, to get a playbook, to learn the rules. By default, you are on Satan's team because that's the passive team. And I don't know what else he went on to talk about, but I sat there and went, I'm on the wrong team. Mm. And so at the very end- That was a
0: great analogy. Yeah, it is. It's,
5: it's, I, I love it. At the very end, he said, if you want to join God's team, this is how to do that. And I remember thinking, "My my friends would laugh at me. In fact, I don't even really know these people here at camp, so they'll probably laugh at me. But I'm doing this because I'm on the wrong team, and I got to do something about that. And I didn't have any idea that God actually cared about me, a 15-year-old, except you know the big things, like I wasn't supposed to kill anybody, and some of those kinds of things. But just my daily life, I had no idea. And so that's when I committed my life to Christ, and uh, it just it just changed my life. How did God lead you into chaplaincy? Um, well. I've been in ministry and been involved in the ministry. I've been a youth pastor, a variety of things. And we we're in Denver, and uh, one of my close friends, who's a missionary with us, uh, Janet Thamel, she was uh, a chaplain. And we were talking one day, and she said we have an opening, and you know she told me about it, and I got. So my thought is, is this lines exactly up with my personal mission statement? And my mission statement is to help people take the next step spiritually. And if someone doesn't know who God is, the next step is to talk about even, is God okay to talk about besides to use, you know, when you hit your thumb on a hammer, you know, or if they're a leader or if they're been to church for a while or they haven't read their Bible for ages, what's the next step for you? And that's my personal mission statement is to talk with people, be a part of their lives and help them take the next step. So I'm like, this seems like a great opportunity. And they're inviting me into a business where I get to talk to people. I think I can do that. And you were doing this now over 10 years. Yes. And, and, and do you have fun doing it? Yeah, I do. It's, it, a,
0: it's the greatest job on earth. It's, it sounds like the greatest job on earth.
5: Yeah, and it's, uh, I, I, get, I get to go in and, and visit with guys. So I'm in a construction company, and so I get to go visit guys as they load trucks. It, these guys shake my hand in the morning. If they wanted to break my hand, they could break my hand. These are, these are guys that work hard for a living, and they work mm-hmm. a 12-hour day is not a long day for them. And I get a chance to be a part of their lives and ask them how they're doing and build friendships and relationships. In a sense, the company has invited me in to to become a friend and encourage and build them up and be a part of their lives and listen. Um, and even just some people just haven't had anyone check in on them today. Like, how are you? And I actually care how you are.
0: Right. They bring you in to be a pastor to those men and women
5: every day. Yeah. That's amazing. So
0: would you recommend that people listening to the show today would consider, should consider becoming a chaplain?
5: Oh, yeah. That's definitely something. And it's it's um, not only do we have a need, but it's a great way to take who you are and aim it at people's lives and help them grow um, and encourage them.
1: Oh, that's very fabulous. So, thanks for sharing that. And I hope that our listeners are hearing the fact that um, this is something that's very tangible for an organization to incorporate. And that's why we're so excited to be talking about Marketplace Chaplains. So, Pat Ahern, um, as CEO of Red Rocks Credit Union, I would like you to talk to our listeners. And, you know, we have a lot of people that own their own business or are in an executive leadership team where they can help make some major decisions within an organization and speak to them about taking those next steps in, in moving towards a, an organization that is more caring towards their employees?
3: Mm-hmm. Wow, well, good question. Um, you know, I go back and I take a look at my own journey and for that matter, um, uh, the people that I'm around. Um, you know, there's always a hesitancy to be able to talk about your faith. And I think the problem is just simply this. When, when we approach others, we don't want to talk about our faith. We want to talk about theirs. And that becomes the confrontation. Um, I think it was a CC that said many years ago, preach the gospel every day when all else fails, use words. Mm-hmm. And I think for many of us, we're viewed as hypocrites, you know, uh, by people that are non-believers. So what I would say is practice loving people. Express your faith in this case regardless of other people's faith um, by doing what you can to love them in surprising and unexpected ways that may bring them to ask the right question Mm. and have courage. I think the thing that I've learned in my own journey is that people are resilient Mm -hmm. and that people want to be loved. Yes, they do. And when, when you can encourage and you can love them, in this case, it gives you permission. Don't abuse it. Right Because once you break that trust or violate that trust in this case it could be could be gone, so that's the advice that I would give that's my own story Judah, talk to your younger you you're still a young guy, but
0: speak to your younger you what what would you say to your younger you today, knowing what you know now
4: really tough question <laughs> um, it's all about the fleeting moments that we have on earth and to maximize impact. I think I've done a pretty good job of stewarding my resources and my career path and all of that, but I would tell my younger self go harder. Mm. Go faster. You know, we are on a limited time scale here on earth and every moment counts. And so, you know, our our mission and our why is about having maximum impact. We're very serious about multiplication and scale and impact. And so um, younger self would be, you know, how could I in my 20s been really focused on the right type of metrics, not vanity. In my world software, we we talk about vanity metrics, basically metrics that feel good, but don't mean anything. (laughs) So what are we all measure that? right Yeah. (laughs) And so what are the real kingdom metrics that we could be maximizing while we have, while we're still breathing?
0: You prob- you're one of those guys that probably has 100 new ideas every day since you're the chief innovation officer. Uh, how many of those ideas does Pat shoot down every day?
4: <laughs> we have fun with it. Uh, we have a great working relationship yeah. as far as innovation compared to a 40-year-old legacy financial services Right business and so it's definitely give and take but pat's also sure. a visionary we actually are, are very both both visionaries similar that's in, freaky scary how do you our- ever get anything done <laughs> well that's actually one of our right. yeah one issues. of our challenges yeah one of our challenges is bringing in the the data accountability person and so uh, we have a great relationship
0: hmm. all right here's a tough question for both of you this is the last question you guys are both char- hard chargers and you just said you wish you were
3: charging harder Pat, how do you protect your marriage from your work? Mm, Boy, you know, I think aligning your own personal passion, in this case, with what you do, in this case, and boiling it down to what really matters. When I think about loving people into submission, it works everywhere, including my marriage. Mm.
0: You got kids at home still, or are they grown and gone?
3: Uh, Almost.
0: Almost? You're almost
3: kicking them (laughs) out? Almost.
0: So then they need you more than ever, because they're in that almost stage, they actually... Actually, they they need a father at home.
3: Well, I think they need me more than
4: ever. They, yeah, well, they think they're daughter, yeah. <laughs> right. Judy,
0: you got little ones at home?
4: I do have a eight- and five-year-old uh, son. So, and so
0: how do you protect your wife and your eight- and your five-year-old from your drive, your innovative drive?
4: Have to be really intentional with time blocking and, and checking out. And it's hard. It is hard as an entrepreneur to be able to put the phone away or turn the email away and and really um, block the time with family. But I I, I try my best, and we we have coaches that help us with that and are running with people that also value these types of things.
1: You know, that's so fabulous. So let's go back to uh, Jeff Reinhardt. Last words for you to our listeners about Marketplace
4: Chaplains.
2: Well, one of the opportunities for us that we look at is when we are working with businesses, we want our chaplains to be genuine, to be honest, and be a servant. And that's all I can ask, and that's all we can offer.
0: Check them out online, mchapusa.com, mchapusa.com. There's a need for – really, based on what we've seen across the country, there's a need for hundreds of thousands of chaplains – Get signed up today. Pat Ahern, Judah Music, thanks for joining us from Red Rocks Credit Union. It was great to have you guys here today. Thank well, you.
3: Thank you. Our pleasure.
0: Jay Kyle and Jeff Reinhardt, thanks for being on the show today and in a great job. And, and Jeff, thank you so much for arranging all the interviews here in Littleton, Colorado. It's been phenomenal to work alongside you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Please consider bringing a chaplain into your organization or becoming a chaplain mchapusa.com mchapusa.com you've been listening to i work for him with your host jim and martha brangenberg we're christ followers our workplace it's our mission field but ultimately i, I work, work for him, him.